And uh, we're back with uh, a work in progress with normally Mark and Pete, but I have uh, my brother here. Mark is out of town with a fam on a family trip, so I got my brother Noah here. What's up, dude? How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, first time doing the podcast. It's exciting. Excited. Wait, you're you're technically our first uh, guest speaker or whatever yeah what an, <laughs> podcast guest you can pull the mic a little bit closer i think yeah what an honor dude honestly feels undeserved but i'm glad to be here yeah no dude we always have quality conversations so yeah. you know we're just gonna chat about stuff you know what i was thinking about recently why i think i like conspiracies so much mm. is i was thinking how it's not even like necessarily that I believe the conspiracy at this point, even yeah. it's just to get like the reactions out of other people. Get a rise out of other if people. Like, yeah. Dinosaurs. You believe dinosaurs existed? Like there's no way dude. And yeah, then people just, dude. people just lose it. <laughs> like, yeah. how, how could you not believe dinosaurs exist, dude? And like, no, nah, I, I just don't think there's enough valid evidence. Yeah, I think I also like to pick ones that I at least somewhat believe in a little yeah. bit too. No, I mean I don't think dinosaurs are real. Yeah, exactly. Right. So at least we're on the same page there. I think <laughs> it was more like, right, God put the fossils here to tempt us a little bit. I I actually I heard a theory that um the fossils are like not legit, and that most of the fossils in like museums are actually made of chicken bone. And, uh, really? yeah, I haven't done much digging in the dinosaur conspiracy. And I think that's right where you want to be just yeah. enough where you don't know for sure. So that you can still believe a little bit. Yeah. And every museum I've gone to, they've all been replicas. You know what I'm talking about? Dude, they're all replicas. Where's the real, where's the real stuff? Never once have I seen a real dinosaur. Yeah. Fossil. Yeah. I actually, maybe they're just so rare that we haven't, but yeah. Also, I think it would be fun to believe that they don't exist. Yeah, I just think it's more fun that way. And the and the other part of it too is like it doesn't make a difference in your life really, whether you believe dinosaurs existed or not. Yeah. So to me, it's more fun to just like go way against the grain. Like I don't think it's unhealthy to just be like, oh yeah, maybe they didn't exist. And people are like, well, but but historically, and it's in all the textbooks, and this, I know a guy who's a paleontologist. It's like I don't care. Yeah, sure you do, dude. <laughs> sure you do. All right. How many how many full fossils of like full skeletons of dinosaurs has your buddy, your paleontologist buddy, found? Oh, that's right, zero. Yeah, and it's like everything that paleontologist guy learned, it wasn't actually really him learning things. It was other people telling him right. what to believe. Right which is basically just the education system in general. Right, and like, the education, you can't trust the education system. Yeah, nobody's actually like doing their own research and coming to their own conclusion yeah. in schools. It's like, here's what you should believe because tons of people have studied this. Yeah. Which is a terrible way to learn things. It's like, okay, I'll, you're just reciting facts right. to pass a test. Technically, we're all brainwashed based on whatever education system you had. Wouldn't you agree? Because you're yeah, just, but I, I think, if, if, if you just blindly listen to like what everything you've been taught because it was in a textbook and you yeah. did know like, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that you're not going to want to put the effort into and try and figure out, but some stuff you should be like, oh, I wonder like I should be able to prove that on my own versus just trusting people. Yeah, like the distance of the sun is away from the earth. Oh, there's no way they know that, dude. No chance, There's zero dude. chance they know the exact distance the earth is from they the sun. They just picked a number. They're like, eh, that sounds good. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Is that me going off? 
I don't know. There's no way the mics picked it up though. So if you don't care, then it's fine. What is me going off over there? Do you need to check it? No, I can turn it off real quick just in case. No, that's fine. You're good. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, my favorite one is to talk about us not going to the moon, when, especially when dad's around. That really gets him going. Yeah. Just oh. to see how upset he gets. <laughs> just a quick in, uh, in, interject. I forgot to mention Noah's my brother. Uh, I'm the fifth of seven. I'm the And Noah's the seventh of seven. So I don't think I mentioned that, but. Yeah. So I said dad and I was like, oh wait, I didn't say that you're my brother. Yeah, but yeah. brother, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, it really gets his goat. You're like, he, to the point where he'll bring it up all the time when you're not around. Really, really? You're like, oh, you're not going to go crazy like Peter, are you? <laughs> because just, I'll say stuff about the moon too. And now it's clearly, yeah. clear. not that the actual rocket didn't take off. Oh, of course the rocket took off. Of course took it off. took off, yeah. you know. But them actually walking on the moon. Mm. The moon rocks, like, bro. Like Mr. Walks just bro. had moon rocks. One of my favorite. There's a lot of arguments. I think that there are actually that we didn't go to the moon. One of my favorites is that they live streamed it from the moon. <laughs> 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 like, dude, the audio is audio is traveling through space, and it's getting back to us. Like, or um, the video. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. And it was live? No way. There's no chance. Yeah. They're just like talking to Houston. Yeah. Meanwhile, here's our numbers. Meanwhile, I can't get service in Grafton when I'm in a certain street. Like, yeah. I can't. What what the heck? Randomly, you're getting like 3G. Yeah. And you can't get internet. Yeah. You're like not even in a bad area. You're just in like Port Washington and you can't even get cell service. Side note about 3G. 3G used to be the best service there was. Yeah. Uh, and it was like normal speed. Now when you, it says 3G on your phone, that means you have no service, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I've got a question on that. Is it just me or has it always been about the same and they just changed the name of it? I think it's like, always been pretty close to the same. It's always been about the same. Like they yeah. made 3G worse, but it was basically what 5G yeah. is now. They just changed the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least 4G, maybe 3G. I remember maybe there being a step up for the 4G, maybe like a yeah, small step. Maybe. But it's always been about the same, I think. I don't know. Maybe we could go back and see, but I don't remember like waiting like multiple seconds for things to load a few years ago. And I thought about this because uh, when my fiance like works for a phone company and I didn't realize that you're paying more for them not to throttle back your data, like what you're getting. Mm. So it's not like people will, pre- will pay for premium data yeah. so that they can get better reception and service in random areas and better internet service. Yeah. But what they're doing is basically cutting the service to other people who are paying less instead of like just giving. So they could the- give everybody like phenomenal service yes. if they wanted to. Yes. And they're yeah. charging you to not cut it back. Yeah. That makes total sense though. Which is ridiculous, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's like just like business, but um, it's kind of sad, frustrating, but not surprising really though. Can't say it's surprising. By the way, Noah's mentioned his fiance. Uh, he's getting married on Saturday. Are you feeling about that? It's pretty exciting. Yeah. I think oddly calm about it. Yeah. I think I expected to be like a little bit like, uh, oh, this is an end of an era of, you know, you live yeah. one life and you get married. And I don't know how you felt when you got married, but yeah, 
it was definitely exciting and kind of felt like the new like a new chapter yeah 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 i think you're just ready for something different i've been single for 23 years <laughs> so your whole life ready, yeah that ready. is my whole life yeah 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 i mean yeah. Um, yeah so <laughs> i think i'm just i'm just ready for it ready yeah. for it to be done um and honestly i think there's I've always felt so much pressure around weddings, even when they're not mine, to have fun. And I've just kind of had an innate uh, stress about that to be like, okay, yeah. this person spent 30 grand on this wedding. I better make sure that like I have a good time. Right. But then I just get so much anxiety about what's going on, which mm. that's why I'm really excited. This is going to be kind of a smaller wedding. Mm. Um, not too much to worry about laid back. And just kind of hoping everyone kind of goes with the flow instead of like, oh, we got to do this or they didn't have this or. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that too. And I, it's actually probably not even more than a normal person getting married would get from their family. Like I know. So Noah's doing what a lot of people kind of wish they had the courage to do, which is like a backyard wedding with like just the, like the top people, you know, that you've really talked to and really care about and actually like have relationships with right versus just inviting everybody you know excuse me and um i've heard some people already like giving you tips and advice and like hey you should do this or how come you're not doing this like just in passing um but everybody i think gets that for their wedding like even if you're doing like the big reception hall and you're catering and like you know all this stuff like everyone's still going to have opinions, you know, like mom invited some of her friends from church to my wedding. Like, she's like, I really think these people should be in on the list. I'm like, okay, mom, like if you want, you pay for their, I don't care if they come. Like we're already at like 200. I was like, I don't talk to them ever. (laughs) Mom's just like inviting her friends to my wedding, which is fine. Like I didn't even, I genuinely didn't care. But I was like, okay, like, sure. I think, and and that's why it's actually important to talk to people that don't have any stock in the game. Like for me now, I've been working a new job and Mm -hmm. I've talked to multiple people that don't really know me that well or my family. And they're all like, you made the right decision, which made me feel better about it because they're not, they they have no preference to say one way or the other. The right decision about? About doing a small wedding and, and having a smaller list of people. Yeah. And one guy I was talking to was like, yeah, I had like 360 people at my wedding. Yeah. Cost me a ton of money. And I I wish I would have done it the way you did. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to have any regrets about it. No, I think the toughest part, cause I, Shereen and I had that uh, conversation at least we were like, could we do this? And uh, for me it was, I couldn't really like draw a line as far as like, okay, I want these because everyone has like, cousins they talk to or aunts and uncles they're closer with or whatever. Right. And, uh, but it's like really tough to draw a line and be like, okay, this is where it's like, I don't have a personal relationship with you other than like seeing you at Christmas or whatever. So like we're keeping it small, you know, so you're, you're not invited basically like that's, I think, I think not necessarily that that was tough for you, but that I think is what gets most people from wanting to do what you're doing to like, oh, but we really should. And then it's 10 more people. Oh, if we're doing these 10 more people, then we got to do these 35 yeah. people. And then it's 200. And I was this close to getting 
down that rabbit yeah, hole yeah. where I shut it off. And I was almost there. Dude. Yeah, I bet. And I'm sure like some people, there are so many people who I wish I could have invited yeah. that hopefully they're not like, oh, because I wasn't there, I'm offended. And yeah. which maybe they will be, but I still like those people. Just yeah. in the grand scheme of things, like you could save money towards the house. And I'm also not putting down people that did a wedding a different way. I think that those can be great things. And it's your, it's your day, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. It'll be fun. It's supposed to be nice weather, getting a tent just in case. That, I was so, I was so close to not getting a tent mm. and risking it. And dad convinced me to get one. And I think he was right. But I was at the point where I'm like, I'm just so confident that it's not going to rain. It's going to be a beautiful day. And I was like, and if it does rain for some reason, which it's not going to. Yeah. But if it does rain, then everyone will figure it out. We'll come inside. Yeah. And, and, be and like, then dad was like, you know, that's kind of a, a jerk move to your guests that showed up to be like, cram into the house. Mm. I was like, that's, that's fair, I suppose. To me, it's just, I didn't want any added stress. And to me, <laughs> even though how weird it sounds, a big tent adds to the level that the wedding is. Yeah. You right. want you wanted to keep it small and each thing that gets yeah. added to it makes it not as small. Yeah. I just wanted it to be a party and any family yeah. party I've been to doesn't have a tent. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, it actually, the whole idea started with me just wanting to elope, like to come to your house. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you're the presiding minister. Yeah. Um, you're the prime minister. So the I prime figured, minister. I just wanted to do that. And then so many people were like, well, can we at least come and watch and like see it and be there for the day? And I was like, can we sure. come and watch at the courthouse? Can we yeah, peek through the window? That's what yeah. started. And then that, I guess it's kind of flattering knowing that people like care that much. Yeah, I didn't think anyone would care that much. And yeah. I was kind of flattered. So like, all right, we'll do something. So I think it'll be awesome. I remember not that long ago, you mentioned when you were going to get married, you were going to just tell everybody you're going to have a big costume party. Do you remember that? Yeah. You're just going to be like, hey, all right, everyone, like, come with, like, an awesome costume. We're going to have a costume party, and then it was just going to be your wedding, and yeah. nobody knew. I'm still thinking about doing that. Like telling people to wear costumes? Like, no, like around Halloween time. Oh. There's a, a spot someone told me, like, um, a park you can rent out. Okay. For super cheap around Halloween time and then having a costume party as like the reception and then oh, cool. inviting all of my f- distant friends, yeah. or maybe not distant people I'm actually close with, but I just didn't have come to this since yeah. it's kind of a smaller thing. Yeah. But we'll see if I actually get around to that or not. Yeah. That would be fun. I don't know. I've gone to a bunch of like costume things over the years, but I've never really like planned and prepared. I'm always been like the, the week before just quick, either order something or find something from the basement. But I think it would be fun to like plan for months ahead and like do a real quality like costume, go all in for it. It'd be fun. Yeah. I want to go to a good costume party. Yeah. Kind of like the, um, what are those like cartoon anime events where people, what's it called? Comic-Con. Yeah. Comic-Con. That'd be cool. I was actually at a Comic-Con in the Navy. Did I tell you that? No. When I was, uh, we went to um, Alabama one time and uh, there was a Comic-Con there and it was like in the same building that we were in for our Navy event. So like after we were basically done for the day, they were like, all right, you guys can go to Comic-Con if you want. 
Yeah. It wasn't like a real big one because it wasn't like a main like city. I can't remember what city we were in, but yeah, it was kind of cool. It's not like Deadpool and a bunch of other people dressed up pretty cool. I was just thinking about something. Yeah. How quickly I can change the way that I think about something. Mm. So like I was talking to Mark, our brother, not Pastor Mark. Yeah. About um, finances and investing and um, how do you do your life? And I'm always kind of thinking, man, I could retire early if I like just try to make a ton of money and then save a lot. Mm-hmm. But then today I was like, maybe I'll have seven kids. Yeah. And then, and then that would be an awesome life too. And I was thinking about how I think for a lot of people that have um, good upbringings, one of the better decisions you could make is to kind of follow in your dad's footsteps. If he was a good person mm. for me, I love so much about our dad that I was thinking, man, if, if I could kind of do a lot of what he did, that would be a good life. Yeah. I think a lot of people, if they have a good father figure yeah. following in his steps and just trying to do things like our dad was like the ultimate handyman, mm. you know, growing up, he could do anything like, you know, I remember being in the woods and him cutting down trees and us carrying the lumber. Yeah. <laughs> or like him building something like <laughs> every weekend or him fixing the four-wheeler. Super handy. And like I want to be like that. Yeah. Or him having seven kids, the impact that that has on the world. Yeah. He's branched out into so many different areas and now all of us can still look to him for guidance or mm-hmm. How cool is that? So super cool. I'm always on the edge of being someone that's like, and I could have like one kid and have a bunch of money, but how much good does that do? And then like when we were talking, whether that was yesterday or the day before about how when you're dead, nobody really remembers you after enough time. Yeah. A couple hundred years pass and it's like your great, great grandkids aren't going to know who you were at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, they'll see some pictures or whatever, or like watch some videos maybe yeah. if they're even still saved or around. Yeah. Um, but like, they're not going to know you or probably care. Yeah. Um, which is both sad, but freeing. Right. I think it's a little bit of both. Cause like you don't have any, like after a few hundred years, it's like all of your mistakes that you made, it's like, they don't matter at all. The, the risks you took, it's like, it doesn't matter at all. Like the good you did, the bad you did, the ups and downs. It's like, I think it matters for like, because I believe in the afterlife and like salvation. Like I think you should live a good life. But as far as um, like worrying so much about our day-to-day stuff or like, oh, I said this thing and I probably sounded stupid because that's the things that humans mm-hmm. a lot of times will worry and stress about. Dude, a few hundred years from now, which is going to go pretty quick. You know, nobody's going to even remember. So, yeah, your problems or, or you being five minutes late to work and thinking yeah. it's a huge deal. Yeah. Dude, it's not that big of a deal. And it, it seems like a big deal in the moment, but yeah, you're right. That is a super comforting feeling in the long term. As long as you don't do anything crazy, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't use yeah. that and be like, oh, I can, yeah, I can be the next like evil yeah. dictator yeah, or something. Maybe you don't want to be remembered 200 years from <laughs> yeah. now. No, yeah. in, a ba- in a bad way, you know, yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah. Yeah. 
I was uh, along the same lines. I was talking to um, Caleb today, my buddy, and he is like in going for his master's and he's almost done and he got accepted into, for his PhD. So he's going to be a, a go for his doctorate, which is like, it's a big deal. Right. But he's like super lonely and like bummed out about that. Meanwhile, I have like so many, like so, so much support and like family and like a wife and a baby. Mm. But like, I feel so behind in my professional life because I have all this stuff. So it's hard for me to focus and I'm not making a lot of money um, because I spend a good amount of time with my wife and my baby and my brothers and my parents and stuff like that. So it's like, he's on a polar opposite side of me. He's like crushing it. He's going to have his doctorate. He's going to be basically set. Right. And it's like, I feel behind professionally, but I have all this like support and love. Whereas he like feels completely alone and like craves that so much. So it's like the best and the worst of both sides, you know? And it's like, I think, I think if you can find somewhere in the middle, that's the sweet spot because you don't want to completely abandon your children just so that you can give them everything they wanted and make a lot of money. But you also don't want to not be able to provide for them because all you do is hang out with you spend time with them. Yeah. And why would you want to have a bunch of kids if that wasn't going to be a huge part of your life? You know, mm. I think uh, someone was talking to dad one time and they were saying like, Paul, you've been really blessed in different ways. Like I've got a lot of money, but I wish I had what you had. Mm. And like not saying that I for sure would, but let's just say I had seven kids and was able to raise them to be great people what better life could you have? And yeah. I think partially that my view on life has changed. Like this is kind of a weird way to put it, but I was watching a, an NBA game the other day mm-hmm. and Derek Jeter was there and he looked super old. Yeah. And growing up, I was like, man, being a, a pro sports player, like that's it. Yeah. That would be sweet. That would be sweet. But he was there with all these other celebs that looked really old that I remember being young from when yeah. I was growing up. Yeah. I was like, when you're getting towards the end of your life, not that they're that old, but when you're getting to that point, you're like, man, none of this matters anymore. Like, we're not going to be able to take this with us. We're right. going to die. Right. All this money and fame won't matter. Like, even if people did remember you from a long time from now, who cares, dude? Yeah. You're not alive anymore. Yeah. So I feel like that's another argument to be like dad and have a bunch of kids and yeah. to teach them about Jesus and to just be a good person and to improve other people's lives. Maybe that's what it's all about. It's not about um, for so long. I thought it was about having a ton of money or fame or wealth. And it, I actually believe in my core that that's not what it's about. Yeah. A lot of people will say that that isn't important, but they don't really believe it. Mm. And I truly, I think understand the importance now of just being a good bloke. Like, didn't you say that once about Ed Sheeran said that or something like how being a great person is mm-hmm. just, what it's all about. And that's what he attributed. I think a lot of his success to was just being kind. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely spot on dude. Cause just think of, I just, when you were telling me that I was just like visualizing Derek Jeter being like 87, let's say just visualize Derek Jeter, 87. And let's say he's on his 10th wife and she's just with him for his money. And he has like, no kids 
it's like, what is, there's no joy there. And what is it like? Oh yeah. Well, I won a couple world series with the Yankees. It's like, nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares, dude. Especially Derek Jeter at that time, because he just craves like, yeah. like love probably versus yeah. a same 87 year old dude who nobody knows apart from his family and like his close friends. They're the only people who know him, but he's got 35 grandkids and he's got six kids that like come and see him all the time. And like, they have parties all that, like, you know, like that's like love and hope and joy and like fruitfulness Mm -hmm. for sure. And I think a lot of these people that maybe they have money or wealth, but they live their life for their life and they don't believe in a higher power or anything else. Mm. Maybe they do, but they're still focused on their life and their fame. And like, nobody cares who won the world series in 98. Yeah. Nobody, especially when the person who won the world series is like 70. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. you're saying, if your grandkids want to come to your house and spend time with you, mm. what an impact. Yeah. I had to catch myself today because, um, so I go back to Caleb because we envy each other for what we seemingly lack, right? That's what envy is, is like you look at somebody and they have something that you feel like you lack and you want that, right? So I was, it was like midway through the day and Henry was just super chatty and like kind of all up in our business and doing stuff, which is, he's just being a kid. It's not a bad thing at all. But Shireen had off work today. So my like perception of what the day was going to be was we're going to get so much stuff done because like the house was all cluttered and a mess. And then it's like, okay, well, I'll clean up the gym and then we'll go home and we'll clean up the house and we'll get caught up and I'll feel like relaxed because everything will be back in order, right? And for a little bit, I was like upset that I was a father because Henry was just like getting all up and everything. I'm just like, man, if only it was like, if I was just like single, I could just focus on like my, my business and my life and I could get all these things done and I could be so like laser focused and so productive and efficient. Right. Mm -hmm. And so successful. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, what am I thinking? Like the worst thing in the world that could happen to me would be to lose Henry or Shireen. Like they're my entire world. I love them to death, but it's like when you are under a stressful moment, it's easy to look at what's stressing you out and be like, oh, if only the stress was gone and I had what other people have. Meanwhile, Caleb would be like, dude, what I would give to have a wife and a kid that I love and that love me back, it's like, I'd give anything. And I'd be like, dude, sometimes I'd give anything to like be single for a day. You know, Mm -hmm. we're just like comparing ourselves to um, what we feel like we don't have, but we don't realize that someone else is like just as equally jealous of us of what we have. Mm Um, so you gotta be grateful for, for whatever you have for sure. I think different people in different lives and different jobs all end up seeming to have almost the same amount of pros and cons. Yeah. It all kind of levels out. Yeah. Like yeah. you could be that, like, honestly, you're such a good talker and such an awesome person. If you wanted to, you could be single and have found a way to make a ton of money and be on your own. And you'd probably be depressed and you'd be like, man, I never could find the right woman. Or I let that one go that would have changed my life. Yeah. 
Or, you know, the other route, you're like, man, I got all these cons. Everyone's like, man, these cons stink. It's like yeah. the other person's cons stink too. You just don't think about yeah. it. Yeah. Like the guy who's like a millionaire, maybe he just wishes he spent more time with his kids if he had kids, right? Or wishes he had t- spent more time relaxing or like going on vacations and making memories instead of just making money um, and vice versa. So you can always, that's the, that's the typical grass is greener mindset, but it's also the yin and the yang everything balancing out right because whatever your negatives are there's a there's a positive to it yeah. my my current perception of my life right now is like oh my negatives are i don't have a lot of personal time and i don't have a lot of time to just be like okay focus on uh my professional life and business and make money and like just just grind because my wife works full-time and i have a toddler Right. And I'm leading classes at the gym. So it's like, and then I, and then I want to spend time with you and Mark and mom and dad and family. It's like, and nothing is going to replace that for me. I would rather uh, like (laughs) just pay the bills and see you guys and spend a lot of time with you and with Shereen and with Henry and hopefully future kids. I'll take that all day over like, well, I retire with $50 million, but I never saw you guys. Yeah. Like that's not even a, it's not even a question. Yeah. I remember once I got out of the Navy, I was so sick of the routine grind that I just took like six months off um, before I started like, like two years ago, you know? Yeah. And I think that was one of my lowest points. I had so much free time, but like nothing going for me. Yeah. And now I'm in a routine and this, you know, it's tough and it's yeah. a grind but I do feel a lot better. Like you have more purpose. Yeah. And isn't yeah. that something that Jordan Peterson says, like men need responsibility yeah. and purpose. You need it. And But the problem is when you have a lot of it, it's there's weight and you feel like, oh, wouldn't it be better if I didn't? And then if you experience not having any, you're like, this is way worse, yeah. way worse. Um, I actually had a day recently where... Um, I didn't have a lot of responsibilities that day. I could have been super productive, but I chose to rest, which I think is important to rest. Like, don't get me wrong. I think we should rest when we need to, but I rested too much and I indulged in like junk food. And like, I took, I might've taken two naps that day. And like, I was just like, okay, this is just a me day or, you know? Yeah. And I felt awful at the end of the day. I'm just going to pamper myself. Yeah. I was like, uh, what is it? Treat my, treat yourself. So I was like, it's a treat myself kind of day and I'm just going to kind of chill and eat some food that tastes good and take a nap and skip my workout and, you know, play on my phone a lot. And I was like, oh, that'll be like restful and re- like help me recoup. I felt worse at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. What it made me realize is like, it's better to, to work than to be lazy. Like work, it's so backwards. This is like with exercise too. And it doesn't make sense to our like chill brain of like, like you and me sitting right here right now thinking about this. It doesn't make sense. But if you exercise, you will have more energy. You will feel better. But you think like, oh, well, I don't have the energy to exercise, right? Mm -hmm. Or I don't, I'm going to feel bad. It's going to hurt. Same thing with like, with like work, like, oh, I'm just so tired. I don't want to go get work done. But if you don't do anything, you're going to feel worse. But you get like, 
you get like momentum from like, oh, I'll just take the trash out. You know what? Since I did that, maybe I could get the dishes done. And you get the dishes done. You're like, oh, since I did that, maybe I could go mow the lawn. And then you're like, boom, ba-doom, 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 ba-doom. You know, it, it's, it's a, like a snowball effect in a positive way. Any day you dodge something difficult is a bad day usually. Yeah. You skip your workout. You skip mowing the lawn. Yeah. You just feel terrible. And usually yeah. you end up doing something. You're like, man, what am I doing with myself? Here? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just ate like a full pizza. And yeah. And it snowballs in the, in the negative here. way. Yeah. 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 And now I'm just watching like YouTube or TikTok videos. Trying to distract myself. Terrible. Yeah. Now my joints hurt because I ate some garbage. Yep. Yeah. And man. now the work, now I miss the workout and the, there's no more classes the rest of the day. Yeah. What am I doing, dude? <laughs> What am I doing? What am I doing? Do it. Yeah. All of a sudden you're from Boston. Oh man. Yeah. That's so funny, but it's true. And sometimes you go through those cycles and what also doesn't make any sense to me is like your brain, you can have a memory of knowing that cycle, but when you're like feeling down in the dumps and you're like, okay, if I have one of those days, where I just distract myself and then play on my phone and I eat junk food and I skip the gym. I know I'm going to feel like crap, but you, you still have so much pull to have that kind of a day. Mm-hmm. Almost as if like, Oh, that my, my past self that has had those days, this is different. Like this time it's going to make me feel better, yeah. but it's like, it doesn't, it never yeah. makes you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that if you go to the gym, you'll feel better. But you're still just like, ah, but will I? Yeah, yeah, you will. Ah, but not this time though. It's <laughs> yeah. like, what, what is that about our brains? That's like, you should, you should have that memory and just know, and that should be enough to, to do it. But sometimes it's not, it's so weird. Yeah. And I think it's even worse because of the positive routines that we're in. That it's like a shock to your body when you have a super unproductive day too. Yeah. Where if we're being honest, like if, when we go on vacation or if we do our, like our hunting trip, it takes me like two or three days to be okay. Not doing anything and be like, this is going to be a fun day, Yeah, which is kind of weird that it's like that, Yeah, but it is. And it also helps having other people that are doing the same thing. Yeah. Like if I was super productive, like if we went to uh, our hunting week and I was like getting important work done on my computer the whole time and you were like, Drinking and eating snacks. You're yeah. like, dude, come on. Yeah, like, like what are you doing? <laughs> it's kind of the same thing when you're at like a, I feel like the best parties are when everyone is kind of in the same vibe. Yeah. Shereen just recently told me she hates the word vibe. So now I'm thinking about every time I say the word. But like, um, like if you're like, okay, I want to have a couple drinks and I want to have some snacks and I want to play like cards, right? If there's somebody who's just like, oh, I don't really feel like having a drink right now. You'd be like, oh, that blows. Like tonight we're having a couple drinks tonight. And then they're like, oh, you know what? I'm actually, um, I brought my own salad from home. It was like, what? Like, it, you know, cause you want people to match what your expectations were. And you also don't want them to be off from your own. So like if you went to a party and everybody was like, okay, we're all going to have two margaritas and we're all going to eat Cheetos and Oreos and we're all going to want to play uh, Catan or we're all going to want to play sheep's head. That'd be the best time because everyone's like aligned. Mm-hmm. I think, but there's always like that one person who's like, Oh, final play. And you're just like, Oh no, you just ruined everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but it's all good.
That's why it's great to hang out with people that don't have anything going on the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, yeah, we're going to stay up till midnight and play uh, board games. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we are. And everyone's yeah. going to want to stay up. I remember being so angry, not angry, resentful to so, like my, yeah. to our older siblings when they all started having kids and like real big people jobs. Um, I actually found one of my notebooks that I like wrote songs and so I used to write a lot of songs and lyrics and stuff. And there was one about like talking about how my siblings don't care about me anymore. Like just go play with your kids and stuff. And, uh, I think it's normal to have those feelings as a younger sibling, seeing your old, like you went through that, right? Yeah, yeah, like you went I, through that hardcore. You're what? Seven years older than me? Something? I'm 29. I turned 30 next month. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're so like seven. roughly seven years older than me. Yeah. And I felt the same way, dude, when all of our siblings got married and had kids. Yeah. Where it was like I was, I was happy that they were having kids and I loved getting to meet new nieces and nephews and hang out with them and stuff. But yeah. you're right. There was a lot of, uh, I don't know, resent or a disappointing feeling like, Man, come on, guys. What we had going was so cool. Yeah. Like, all, like, it's kind of a weird feeling. So a lot of people aren't that close with their brothers and sisters, but yeah. we were, dude. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it, dude, growing yeah. up. I, I mean, to be fair, thing, we man. went through some pretty rough stages as brothers with, like, you know, bullying each other and, like, well, if Mark's going, I don't want to go. And, like, there was a decent amount of, like, hating each other, but that's, yeah. I think, pretty typical. But. I loved that, too, deep down. <laughs> Like getting Mark's goat or yeah. or like getting your goat or yeah. Ben's yeah. was my favorite, dude. Like <laughs> so trying you were to get doing in, it intentionally trying, trying to get, to get in trouble with mom. Oh, it was my so God. fun. That's I so realized <laughs> later on that not to do that anymore. But yeah. I had so much fun. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's rough when you are in a different stage of life and you're seeing them like get married, move out of the house have kids and other priorities are way different and they're like oh yeah sorry i gotta go home and it's like 9 p.m and you're like what like we just we're just getting started here you know but i'm in that boat now too so it's kind of weird that like i'm at that next stage of life mm -hmm. and you know what else is weird is i don't like nobody can really prepare you for your next chapter even though other people have gone through it like getting married is weird. It gets a change and no one can like really explain it to you how you're going to experience it. Cause it's going to be different. And like having a kid is so weird and like raising them and trying to figure out how to do that. And everyone's experience is going to be different. And it's just like, you can't prepare for it. You're just getting like ripped into a new chapter. It's so strange, man. I wonder how old dad was when he had you. Cause you're probably not too far off from that age. Like maybe, uh, five, maybe, maybe let's see, five dad, dad was born in 59. Yeah. So basically 60. So that would be 40, 63, 63, 64. He is right now. I'm about to be 30. So he was like 33, 33, 34. Right. Isn't that a weird feeling, dude? Like four yeah. years. Three or four years from now. Oh, dude. That cycle of life Bro, is crazy. Once I hit that, the age that dad was when he had me, I might, my mind might 
melt. My brain might melt. And it to me, that's cr- I'd never, I've never had that thought in my life before until now. And I don't think it's a a bad feeling to think that way, but it is deep, and it is something that is difficult to think about. Yeah, that never ending cycle of life. How you're the dad, you're gonna turn into the grandpa. Yeah, and then it's gonna continue for your kids, dude. And it's not. I shouldn't say it's not fair, but it's so weird that like you get this once as far as we know. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, reincarnation might be a thing, but <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's about as likely as the moon landing in my yeah, opinion, yeah. but, um, <laughs> um, so zero chance. So zero chance basically. Uh, but yeah, it's like you, when you're, when, so we've never experienced getting old or being the next in the next chapter. So you can't even really see it happening until you're there, which is why it feels like such like a, someone's almost like shoving you off a cliff and you're like, Oh man, now I'm like, this is happening. Like I'm a dad now, or I'm married now, or I have three kids now, or, you know, whatever that next, I'm a grandpa now. Like if, if we could live like 10 lives or something, right. You could be like, okay, like I know how this works. I can prepare for it and I can crush like this life. I'm just going to crush it. But I don't know. Does that make any sense at all? I completely follow what you're saying. I think that it might be the start of that show. F is for family or something where he's just like free falling throughout the sky. And he's Mm. like frantically like grabbing things. And it's like, that's what I was kind of picturing when you said that. Yeah. Like you never are going to have everything figured out and that's okay. Yeah. And kind of on that note, um, when I, when I was unemployed, when I was really struggling and I went to um, therapy or counseling yeah. and I was watching all these like self self-help videos or like so much Jordan Peterson or all these videos. Like, man, if I watch enough of these videos or I get some counseling or therapy, then I'll understand. Yeah. And the moment everything got better is when I stopped like watching Gary V and Jordan Peterson every yeah. day and like going to counseling for me, at least, it yeah. got better when I just started living life yeah. and stopped trying to prepare for things and think about things in a certain way. Yeah. Like there's a serious, serious benefit to just kind of caring less, not caring zero, but yeah. just like, man, let's see what today brings and I'll just embrace it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, underestimated to be present wherever you are. Um, speaking of videos, like I watch Jim Rohn a lot. I think I sent him to you once. Um, but he's an older guy. He's dead now, but, um, he was a really good speaker. And one of the things he said is like a good rule of life is wherever you are, be there. And like, it seems so simple, but it's extremely important and profound in my opinion, because, and especially if you're somewhere you don't want to be and you'd rather be somewhere else, but you knew you were going to have to be in that place or you made a decision like I'm going to be in this place. You, you might as well let go of the pull of, Oh, wouldn't it be better if I was here instead and just be there the best way that you can. Like if you're in an uncomfortable situation, just at least just be there the best you can. And, and um, I feel this a ton because of being like the work, work, life, family balance. He's like, when I'm at work, I fight the struggle of like, uh, 
the desire of like, oh, if only I was at home hanging out with Shereen and Henry. And then when I'm at home hanging out with Shereen and Henry, like, oh, I really should be at work getting some stuff done. And neither of those are good or beneficial. Um, but it takes like a conscious effort practice of like, okay, maybe I don't want to be where I am right now, but I'm here. So I might as well like, like not hate it and, and make the most of it kind of thing. Yeah, sorry, there's just a lot to think about there. Yeah, it's all good. But. And obviously you're not, every day is not going to be a great day. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that almost like clockwork, and maybe this is different for other people, but if I have a bad day, it's usually followed up by a good one. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Because I think we've talked about that, but I think the yin and the yang is kind of a real thing. I um, think it's so, super real. So real, dude. Yeah. And all the negatives and positives. Like if if you work so hard your life, in your life, there's going to be a serious positive that comes from it. Yeah. Or if you slack off all the time, skip your workouts, mm-hmm. you're going to feel bad. You're going to feel terrible. Yeah. You're eating junk. You're going to feel sick. It always works out that way. Yeah. So I, oh, what I was going to say on that too is I've, I've been in points where my days were like super high and super low, super high and super low. Maybe one day was like this and the next day is super, super, super low. Yeah. And that's not the move. I right. thought it was cause those highs are higher. It's really like, fun. This is sweet yeah. dude, but it's not like, mm. like, being like this, like on a steady, steady, yeah. low highs, low, low, like, yeah, that's where you want to be. Mm. And, um, I think a lot of that comes from routine, um, figuring out kind of who you are. And I think that's why your te- teens and early twenties are so tough as you're like, maybe I'm someone who's a downhill skier. Maybe I yeah. really like playing baseball. Yeah. Maybe I'll give that up. Maybe, you know, you're trying to figure out who you are and that's such a different difficult spot to be in yeah. having no identity. You know, I really feel for um, people as they hit adulthood. I think now is a really, really tough time for people. I think the, um, the generation of uh, boomers or whatever you call them mm. that came before us, maybe this is somber or negative, but I really think they kind of left the country in a worse position like for us and they're always kind of try and blame it on the millennials. Like you, hey, you kids back in yeah, my day, yeah. it's like, um, you raised us. <laughs> yeah. You raise these people. Yeah. Like, um, they say divorces are higher than ever. A lot of homes are broken. America is so much further away from God. Inflation is so high. Yeah. Can't buy a house. Dad was telling me grandpa bought his house back in the day for eight grand and he was making like 20 grand a year. Yeah. That means you could buy a house for like half of your yearly income. Yeah. Today, forget about it. Dude. Yeah. It's like six, seven, eight times your annual income. Unless you're making like 600 grand a year and most people yeah. aren't. And grandpa was like working at the railroad. Yeah. Basically you're working the trades, you should be able to buy a, a house for not too much. Yeah. So, um, 
that's something that's always kind of bothered me was if you look at graphs of cost of things versus the amount of money the average person makes, it's like way off. Like cost of things is like super, super like sharp increase. And like cost or uh, like average salary or income per year, like barely goes up, like Mm -hmm. barely, barely, barely. Like I remember when I was like a kid, um, like the average like household income was probably like was like forty thousand or something like that, mm-hmm. and now it's probably what like fifty fifty five. Yeah, people seem to be making about the same. Yeah, and everything's like two three times more expensive. Yeah, which means everybody's losing money, and everyone, the husband and the wife, have to work. Yeah, that's which the is thing. Worse for the kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it just it it keeps upscaling. Yeah, over time. Yeah. So maybe. Um, Maybe that's kind of a somber thought, but I think like 25 years from now, I think the population is going to be way less because they say a lot of these old timers that are doing trades and stuff are falling off and then mm. they don't have as many uh, young people coming into it. They say if that's the case into the so, trades. Yeah. Or even just jobs in general. So I think a lot, like 20 years from now, a lot of businesses are going to go out of business. Mm. Um, just cause they won't have employees. Yep. I think the, the uh, cost of houses is going to go down. There's going to be a lot of vacant homes, vacant businesses. Yeah. Like 20, probably in full effect, like 25, 30 years from now. Yeah. I think that's going to be the case, dude. I think that's real. People are having less kids. So, yeah. That I, seems to be real. Yeah. And that's probably because things cost so much. They're just like, oh, we can't afford to have kids. We'll get a mm-hmm. dog instead. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily wrong as far as like they can't afford it. But I think there's also an argument to be made of like, you figure it out. Like if you want to have kids, it's going to be tough. It's going to suck, but like you'll figure it out. Like you'll make it work. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many nights I look back on with Henry. That's like, I don't know how I survived some of those weeks or nights and days of like almost no sleep. Like I was like, I can't do this, but you make it through. It sucks. You make it through. Yeah. And you embrace that struggle. Yeah. And that's another part of why like kids are so like valued and loved is because you put so much work into them. You also, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but like the more work and effort you put into something, the more you're going to care about it. And there's nothing that's more work or effort than I think kids. So you're just going to love them to bits. You also see them every single day. So I could spend a lot of time with them. It's a factor. Yeah. And like, ideally they'll be here long after you, you know? Yeah. 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 I was talking to dad about um, like kids and like him, obviously mom and dad had seven kids and uh, like, did you guys talk about it? Like, did you guys plan ahead? And like, Oh, we're not ready financially. And he was like, no, we're just like, if God gives us a kid, he's going to also give us a way to take care of it. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I love that. Like I'm a huge fan of just like having faith in whatever God brings you. Um, so I'm just like, let's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that clip of Tucker Carlson saying yeah. like, have, have, you might've sent it to me. He's like saying how like, uh, have more kids than you can afford. And she's like, yeah. Cause back to what we were saying before, that's real. I think family is real wealth because you can't like replace that. Yeah. And living generously yeah. for your kids and other people. Another thing I love about dad that I'd like to replicate is his generosity 
Like what a fun life to live when yeah. you're just as generous as possible. If you're in that position where you can be yeah. and dad was a warrior, like what you were just saying, just having kids and be like, Oh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. I trust God. Yeah. And you're, you're a warrior too, dude. Like, Oh, we'll figure it out. Maybe not everything's in line right now, but I, I trust. And maybe some days my trust isn't as good as it should be, Yeah. but tomorrow's a new day and we're going to keep marching on. And that's one thing I respect the hell out of you for is like, just kind of trusting and being like, everything's going to work out. And it always has, right? We're at this point right now. And I think about that all the time, how many struggles we've had. Think yeah. about your worst moments. You've made it through yeah. to this point right now. So how is God not going to help you through the next trial? Yeah, He's going to, and you're going to get through it. It's just such a cool feeling, like having that n- never ending trust in God. Mm-hmm such a freeing feeling and obviously you're not going to be perfect every day but wow that takes a weight off your shoulders dude Mm -hmm. you're just like things just work out for me and when you're someone that thinks that way things do work out for you oh yeah and if you flipped your mindset and got in a bad space and you're like man nothing works out for me it won't exactly i believe that 100 percent too yeah what you focus on it's going to come into fruition for sure that's why I think depression is maybe one of the worst things that can happen to a person because you're stuck in a perpetual negative mindset and that continues because that's what you focus on, which mm-hmm. makes it worse, you know? So that's one of the worst states that you can be in, I think. Yeah. And the, <coughs> the other thing that I didn't really touch on is we have been so blessed. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine having a better childhood upbringing being in a better position right now. Like it took work to get where I'm at, but I'm like pretty happy and I'm just thankful for everything. Or like um, pastor Mark was saying the other day that like I could help out with some things with the church or like give a, um, sometimes read the passage for the day or something. And just hearing that was so cool. Like, Whoa, like I could do that Mm -hmm. instead of naturally. I feel like I've always been someone who, I was like, ah, somebody else can do that. I'll just like sit in the background and watch and then yeah. there's no risk. But anything good that's happened to me has been from getting out of the comfort zone and just trying something new. Yeah. And for so long I tried to not do that. <coughs> Even if it's like fake it till you make it, like doing something you're like, man, I don't know if I should be in this position. Yeah. But just trying new things. Like people always say that, but I think it's real. Mm-hmm. Trying new things is one of the best things that you can do. I agree. And just doing right. Versus yeah. not doing. Instead of watching YouTube videos. On it. If, if I think I've said this to you before, but like if you've ever, if you're ever have the option to do versus not do doing is always better, whatever it is. Like you get invited to go out to like do like something you've never done before with friends. And you're just like, Oh, I don't know. I probably shouldn't do it. Doing it's always going to be better. Like, Acting versus not acting is always better, I think. Unless the doing is a, a bad thing, yeah. like then don't do it. Yeah. But you know, just start. Yeah, like this yeah, podcast, so dude. Like this is podcast number twelve. We're on. This is twelve, <laughs> and it's like the first one was recorded on my phone, like like sitting on the table, and we just hit record on the on the thing on the phone. So we just mm-hmm. did audio, and then we set up my phone. And then we got these things and then we got the lights and it's just like, you just got to start. 
I'm not saying this is like a huge thing, but like it's rolling. Yeah, this is a really cool setup, dude. I just bought a new chair, so I'm gonna get a new new chair in here. Maybe we'll move this one over there. We're gonna paint. We got an idea of putting that um that whiteboard over there. We're we're thinking we're gonna put it like right here, and then putting like a dad joke or like a message <laughs> or something up yeah. there is like a kind of a background, but like. And how cool and how fun this is Mm -hmm. and how easily it could have just not happened if you Mm -hmm. didn't just start. It's so easy to not do things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So doing is is way better. Like right now we're recording this at like 8.30 PM because it was the only time that worked. Mm -hmm. Like we could have very easily said, ah, it's not worth it. Like we don't have time. Mm -hmm. Like if you make time, same thing for exercise, same thing for anything you need to get done. Yeah. Same thing as skipping a workout. If we didn't do it, I probably would have wasted this time. Yeah. I've done something that was like more. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's always better to do it. Um, oh, and then, uh, Jacob and Evan want to collab on a podcast. Oh, really? So they want to have us on. So they do, uh, gems of history, which is really, really well thought out podcast. Not like they do research and stuff for their history. Yeah. This is just pastor Mark and I talking, but like, we're going to meet up and see about um, us going on theirs and them coming on ours. Yeah. Like they do research. Yeah. Right? There's an intense, <laughs> like, yeah. Like Mark said, Jacob will just read books, like just to study for a podcast. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You got anything else you want to chat about? Uh, I think that's pretty much it for today. Cool. Well, hopefully we'll have you back in the future. Maybe we'll get a, a third mic in here and whatever, but. Yeah, hopefully, dude. Thanks for having me on. I had a great time. Yeah, yeah. Much love, dude. All right. Well, uh, I think, well, let's see how long we're at. 57 minutes and 30 seconds. We almost, it's so funny. Pastor Mark and I kind of have this funny joke of we'll talk and the natural momentum of our conversation will always come to a close right at like an hour. (laughs) And it's always like 56, 57, 58 and it's 57 right now. It's just so funny. It's like, we're not timing it. We're just chatting. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of cool. All right. Shout out to uh, anybody listening. Appreciate you. And uh, like and share and follow and all that stuff because it does does help us out as far as like momentum moving forward and letting us know that, that you care about it. So uh, thanks, Noah Sam. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Love you all. God bless. Bye.